This is episode 31 of Our Salt Spring Answered with me, Damien Inwood, and we're talking to CRD Director Gary Holman again about uh, regional taxes, increases and that kind of thing, and also about uh, some uh, housing good news that we've just got uh, in the last few days. Yeah, I'm sitting here with Gary Holman, who is the CRD Director and a member of the uh, Local Community Commission, and we've just been at the Ask Salt Spring session where... Uh, the local community commissioners were all present to answer questions from people. And um, one of the things that came up was the budget and the fact that the LCC has now finalized its budget and is looking forward to going on to uh, other things. But um, one question that was asked was, um, what was the results of the budget negotiations and what are we looking at in terms of an increase in our possible tax situation? And Gary, maybe you can just fill me in on... Uh, Earl Rook had a fairly extensive response to that question, but uh, obviously you can you can answer it too. Yeah, thanks, Damien, and for uh, asking the question at the meeting. Uh, so uh, still some issues resolved. The CRD board approves the final budget, both for LCC services and regional services, at a meeting in March. So there's still some outstanding uh, issues that need to be resolved, but the way it's looking now, uh, the the LCC has worked hard to reduce the staff proposed requisite increase, requisition increase of 20% down to a little over 10%. And uh, for CRD as a whole, including uh, LCC local services and regional services, right now it's looking like something in the order of 7%. And again, the the overall requisition increase proposed in our provisional budget, which was approved last fall, and then the board approves the final budget in March, uh, the overall requisition has gone from about nine and a half, ten percent down to in the ballpark of seven percent for CRD as a whole. Is there any way you can tell us roughly per household what that would would come to, or does it depend on the value of your property? I guess. Oh yeah, uh, I, I think it's in the ballpark of ninety dollars to ninety-five dollars per household per month. So you work at like it's it's around a thousand dollars a year, I believe, for the so-called average residence. You know, for the yeah. for the average property value, um, which is in the order of again, that's assessed values for Salt Spring are one of those uh, things that have to be finalized before the March uh, meeting. But the average household on Salt Spring is around one point one million dollars. So for that average property. That average uh, property will pay in the ballpark of about a thousand dollars a year, ninety ninety five dollars. So that means a, that a the, the increase has gone up about a hundred dollars then, probably if it's a ten percent increase. Is that right? Uh, well, that's just for LCC services. For yeah, right. for, for uh, series of holds, about seven percent, so it'd be a little bit less than that. Yeah. Okay. But what, yeah, when you consider the and the some people are offended when uh, taxes are converted to a monthly amount. Uh, but uh, I uh, like to present it in, in that way because it kind of gives you a sense of, well, all right, compared to my utility bill, 
like for your internet and phone and cable, et cetera, et cetera, right? So say 90 to $100 a month, but then consider the range of services that the CRD provides from parks and rec to dealing with our liquid waste to public transit to transportation and the pathways we're building um, uh, uh, and uh, regionally uh, for example one of the single biggest requisitions regionally is the hospital facilities function that service alone uh, is uh, uh, what is something in the order? Uh, uh, anyway, it's a significant portion of the budget. But then you you think about the fact that our new emergency room received three point seven million dollars from that service. So it it it's not just about taxation; it's about the services, the facilities, the amenities that that taxation uh, supports. Uh, one example: we're sitting in a modular here that houses the radio group. That's part of the middle school lease that the CRD took on from the school district. 25,000 square feet, that includes the gym, uh, that is costing taxpayers about $250,000 a year. If you look at the value of the asset that we've secured, and we are uh, negotiating a longer-term tenure, if you look at the value of that asset, like to build this uh, facility new would be tens of millions of dollars. Well, we've leased it for $250,000 a year. That's just one example of a service provided by CRD. And actually, it was one of the items that resulted in a tax increase because it turns out that when you're using the middle school uh, more frequently, like longer period during the day, and and on weekends, uh, you're actually having to heat the building for longer. So those heating costs uh, were higher than we anticipated. So the the that was one of the costs that that went up, um, and as part of that tax increase, the the other major factors are negotiated wage and salaries, which is tied to inflation which has you know, recently been quite high, the negotiated wages and salaries for CRD staff <clears throat> somewhere in the order of 4 to 5%. Well, that, that is reflected in all of the services. We don't really have uh, control of, of that. Mm-hmm. The other uh, issue is COVID. There's still some lingering impacts from COVID for services that rely on revenue for uh, part of the um, dollars that help fund the service. So public transit, for example, during the height of COVID, 24-seat buses were restricted to six passengers. Uh, and ridership is now coming back, but there was a huge hit on transit revenues. And therefore, we had to, to just to maintain the level of service, we had to increase the requisition to cover that off. Parks and Rec as well, the swimming pool, other parks and rec uh, services uh, to some extent are funded by fees and again COVID really uh, hammered those services so again uh, another the, the the deficits that we incurred uh, get carried over and we have to deal with them in 2024 again pretty much beyond our control uh, um, some factors are within our control but a number not right so uh how did the LCC do, do you think, in terms of uh, the budget talks? I mean, it's the first chance at doing this. Um, 
And when you get five people in a room, obviously they all have different opinions. But um, was it a, a, a very long, drawn-out process? Did they, how, you know, as a more seasoned politician yourself, how do you see the process working? Was it good? Uh, it was particularly di- a particularly difficult budget year for a brand-new elected body uh, to uh, come to an understanding of the various services that CRD provides, uh, m- many of which, in particular Parks and Rec, very complicated budgets. So had to, at the same time, uh, try to understand those services and, and the, the, the need for uh, tax support, uh, and at the same time faced with a very daunting uh, uh, a requisition proposal from staff and having to deal with it in a very short time. Given all that, I think the LCC has really performed well. And the the LCC, and the, it, it wasn't unanimous by any means, but that that's democracy, right? People have differences of opinion. Before, it was just the single elected director. Mm. Uh, for example, myself, uh, ultimately deciding on local requisitions. Well, now it's a decision made by five people, including the director. The an original staff proposal for LCC services was in the order of 20%, the requisition increase. The LCC, uh, through like our last meeting, <laughs> to finalize our budget uh, uh, to finalize our budget for local services was a nine-hour meeting. Uh, but a meeting held in public, uh, anybody could come to the meeting, you could make presentations, delegations, so it was a difficult process, but we took that 20% increase in requisition for LCC services down to about 10%, so, uh, and, and had to make some very difficult decisions in doing that, but yeah, overall, real, especially the first year, uh, you know, there's a real steep learning curve. Next year, you know, we've gone through the process, it, it should be... It should proceed more smoothly, and I think we've, we've got through some of these um, kind of factors beyond our control uh, that we've now um, uh, dealt with, more or less. So next year should be an easier process. Um, in my view, the LCC has done an admirable job of, of doing their very best to maintain the level of services uh, and and keep the tax requisition uh, as low as possible. Many communities in British Columbia, including municipalities in the CRD, if if you look at the requisition increases that they're uh, proposing and facing, it's nine, ten. It's not uncommon in these days for local governments to have requisition uh, increases in the order of 10 percent. Yeah. So it's working, basically, uh, in as, my view. as a new government uh, system. In right? my view, In your yes. view, okay. Now, you, you came up with, uh, you had some good news on a couple of things. You talked about the, um, the 85 million, um, which is uh, going into a, a regional housing uh, program, right? Um, and you hope that some of it will, will come to Salt Spring. Do we have any, any actual idea how much we might get at this point? Uh, it'll depend on the quality of the proposals we've put forward, but based on uh, previous experience with regional housing funding, we've been reasonably successful. And actually, a, a regional housing staffer came to the LCC to provide an overview of uh, regional housing programs and uh, the historical experience. And that experience shows that uh, that the 
the dollars that Salt Spring has received from regional housing services to which we contribute, uh, Salt Spring has, has received uh, a much higher amount in terms of dollars being invested here versus dollars we've spent. So historically, and in large part because of very capable NGOs like our community services, like iWave, uh, uh, we, we've been pretty successful in accessing regional funding and senior government funding. So there are several projects uh, uh, underway right now uh, that could uh, be applying to regional funding, which, by the way, regional district hopes to have that funding matched by senior governments. So the $85 million is the amount of dollars that the CRD is raising. Uh, the AAP, the so-called counterpetition process, looks like that initiative failed, which means uh, 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 that uh, the the borrowing initiative succeeds. So it looks like the 85 million, in effect, has been approved by voters. We're hoping to have that matched and more than matched by senior governments, which is what happened with the previous regional housing program. It was a three-way partnership. CRD 40 million, BC Housing 40 million, CMHC 40 million. We're hoping to get similar, if not more, matching uh, for this program. But uh, yeah, Salt Spring has been pretty successful in getting uh, those dollars invested on Salt Spring. Salt, uh, the Croftonbrook, the iWave Croftonbrook project, 54 units was the most recent example of that. Uh, Croftonbrook received between six and seven million dollars from regional housing funding. So there, there's an example. Bottom line, though, it comes down to uh, uh, putting forward uh, uh, proposals um, that, that, um, you know, that, that have merit and, and rank well. So uh, I'm, I'm hopeful and expect there will be such proposals coming from Seltzer. In fact, there, there's a couple... Um, uh, on the boiler right now that that will be applying for regional funding. So when would we know, do you think, how long does it take before we find out? Whether dollars are being invested here? Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, it's kind of how long is a piece of string. Like, like it, it, it depends on, on how quickly those... Uh, I know there's already been a proposal made to BC Housing and to... Uh, CRD um, uh, that's already in the works. Um, so I, I would expect over the next year or so we're, we're, we're going to be hearing about uh, proposals and, and possible funding. But yeah, basically the timing will depend on the timing of uh, proponents coming forward with uh, viable proposals. Now you mentioned something about um, the South... Uh, South Gulf Islands Tourism Group, um, I'm not sure if that's exactly the right title for them, but uh, District, I think it's called, um, which uh, is going to be putting money into uh, workforce housing in the future. Can you t tell me a bit about that? Yeah, that, that's very good news. So it's, it's a society that was formed, the Southern Gulf Islands Tourism Partnership, to receive the so-called hotel tax uh, w w the technical name is the Municipal Regional District Tax. And so it's a 2% tax on visitor accommodation. Um, and 
there are kind of two components of that. One is the so-called online. So like Airbnb would be an example. Uh, if you make a reservation through Airbnb, that's, that's called the online MRDT. Um, and in, in total, the, and, and, the, and the other is you, you just come to Salt Spring and you, you rent a hotel room, like directly at the desk kind of thing. Right. Um, the online portion of the MRDT uh, for the Southern Gulf Islands electoral area and Salt Spring is in the order of six hundred fifty to seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Roughly half of that is online, and what the Tourism Partnership has agreed to um, is to dedicate up to a hundred percent of that online revenue, which is in the order of three hundred three hundred fifty thousand, to workforce housing and, and uh, it. Uh, which would, would apply in the two electoral areas where the tax is uh, levied. And they've also committed to 100000 a year to the CRD Rural Housing Program, which is going to be considered by the board um, next week uh, to hire a coordinator for that program. They're funding Housing Now, which is a tenant-landlord matching uh, service, which up to uh, recently was just applied on the Southern Gulf Islands electoral area, but which it will soon be applied here on Salt Spring. Uh, there, there's also a, a housing reserve that they set aside, and they'll be contributing more dollars to that. So that housing reserve could be used for pre-development planning. So the, you know, the due diligence that a nonprofit proponent say they own a piece of property, but they need to do feasibility, they need to cost out services, uh, they need to do funding proposals. So that that so-called PDF funding is really helpful in um, in, in um, supporting nonprofit proponents to put together a proposal to then apply to the regional district or BC housing or, or whatever. So all, all of those aspects, the tourism partnership has agreed to. Local government has to approve the, they're, they're, um, they've been in, uh, they've been in place for five years. They're renewing that agreement for another five years in September. They need local government, i.e. CRD support to do that. And leading up to, uh, and CRD will be supporting it, but leading up to it has been discussions, particularly by the LCC and the Tourism Partnership, about, uh, well, if we support this, what we'd like in return is a commitment around investments you're going to be making on affordable housing. They have done that. Uh, so the board will be, I believe, approving the renewal of the five-year agreement uh, February 14th. Uh, and... Um, but the, the other group that has to agree to the tax, of course, are the accommodation providers themselves. So 50% of the accommodation providers, uh, and actually it comes down to the number of rooms, 50% of the number of rooms, because you've got big accommodation facilities and, you know, and B&Bs. Um, so 50% of... Uh, the major accommodation providers and measured in terms of number of units have to agree also to the renewal because we're essentially taxing their clients. They have to agree, local government has to agree, and the the good news is that we've we've come together and agreed on a certain proportion of their revenue to be dedicated to workforce housing. It's 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 very good news. Mm. Okay, great. Well, thanks for coming in, Gary. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll have more good news in the future. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, Damien. Now, you've been listening to Ask Salt Spring Answered on Gulf Islands Radio, uh, cheer.fm. 
and uh, we'll talk to you next week.